0: Please bury me Gracious God, thank you Thank you for your presence in us Thank you for your presence among us in this moment Thank you for your word, oh God Your message that will be shared with your people My brothers and sisters Grant us all ears to hear Hearts to receive And spirit to respond And when it's all said and done, God May you be glorified in us and through us. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving. Amen, amen, and amen. Life is a journey and not a destination. Famous words by so many people. Uh, I believe that the American poet and philosopher Ralph you know, Waldo Emerson was credited for those words. Life is a journey, not a destination. Now, when I do research, I find that found that there are several people who are credited with saying those words. And I really don't care about who said it. I just want to borrow it for a moment to make a point in my sermon this morning. We are truly living a life on this earth. It is truly a journey and for those of us who live this life journey by faith we know that there is a destination for us the destination is eternal life in heaven with our lord and our savior so so these passages of scripture really hit home for me in this week especially the passage from first kings Because in Elijah the prophet, in so many ways I identify with him. Even this hymn that we sang earlier, near to the heart of God, a place of quiet rest, a place of joy and peace. I experienced that last week when I was away uh, on my destination, which was uh, a spiritual uh, coming to be nearer to the heart of God, a place where I can allow God to minister to me physically and spiritually, a place where I can unload, uh, you know, the things that are weighing heavy on my mind and my heart and, and and to hear God speak in that still voice through God's spirit and through all of God's creation in the place where he had me for those four days. Uh, I told Freddie that um, you know every day I was as I was walking on the grounds and the, the the place is called the Ruha Center and you know for those of you the word Ruha means you know wind, the breath of God. And when you walk on that on the grounds you feel like if you know the the scripture back in Genesis where God is walking in with God's creation, Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. You you feel that, but then you also see God's creation around you. Because I saw rabbits, and I hadn't seen rabbits in a while. Let me tell you, and and they would pop out, and and I would see them, and they would bring a smile to my face, and they would bring a smile to my heart, you know. And I would say, "Thank you, God." Back to Miss Nell, "Thank you, God." And then you know uh, another time during the day or the next day, God would show me another something special. A beautiful bird just perched. Don't know the names of all of these birds, but it's red, you know, all over. Y'all probably know them, you know. And just perched on a branch. And, and you know, sim- something as simple and beautiful like that, you know, refreshed my soul. And I could say, thank you, God. You know, and there were so many other little things like that. And then more things that really God used to remind me that God is all around us. That God knows where we are and God is walking with us, uh, you know, in the times when we need rest, in the times when we are joyful, in the times when life is stressful, in the times when we are not sure, God is reminding us that God is all around us and God is with us. So when I read again the passage uh, with the story of Elijah, uh, you know, I couldn't help but think about us because that's what God put on my heart. You know, think about us who are walking in faith on this life's journey. You know, we sometimes think, all right, we come to Jesus and we believe in Jesus and we believe that there is eternal life and we believe God is with us. But then there's stuff in life, life circumstances that will impact our lives and can make us question, really, are we truly experiencing God with us? Are we truly experiencing the presence of all that God has good for us? And I think Elijah is, is a good example because, you know, his story starts actually in in chapter seventeen. You know, he appeared on the scene with a message from God to King Ahab, the king of the uh, northern Israel tribes, and and the message was, hey. There will be no rain, you know, for a period of time. Actually, three years, there will be a drought, you know. And and his story unfolds, you know, he proclaimed that word to the king and then God had to minister to him because there's something about proclaiming God's message to God's people that kind of drains some of your emotional strength from within you because sometimes you have to say things that are not always nice and rosy To people, Because in order for God to work in us and to help us, God is encouraging us, but God has to speak the truth of the word into our lives. And sometimes that can be difficult because people don't always receive it. Sometimes they reject it. Sometimes they have a whole lot to say about it. And because you care about God's people, that affects you emotionally. But here we come, Elijah. I I remember the first time I read his story and I thought... How come this man of God, whom God used in such a powerful way, because you read him in, in 18, where, you know, he's bold and he's speaking, uh, you know, God's word and he's calling, you know, the king to bring all of these false prophets up on Mount Carmel and he is with God and God used him mightily, you know, to rain down fire from heaven, to destroy this false altar and, and to be able to destroy all of these false prophets you know of the king and his wife Jezebel you all remember Jezebel you know you know the queen of bad in the Bible as we call her really really you know the, 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 the sister had no fear she had no fear because she thought you know she was in control of everything and she was determined That she was going to live life on her terms Not on God's terms You know, so she had all these prophets These prophets, you know, who worshipped Baal Her God, the God that she worshipped The God who she believed was in charge of nature And in charge of fertility and harvest And all of these good things for the people And she had to learn some hard lessons along the way So how is it that Elijah did all these great things for God in chapter eighteen and then we come to chapter nineteen after he called on fire and you know he got rid of all of the false prophets for God. And here we are in nineteen and Jezebel said some I sent a message to him to tell him that just as how he destroyed her prophets, her God she will do the same thing to him. In other words, I'm gunning for you. I'm going to kill you, you know, Elijah. And then he heard that message, and I was puzzled, you know, this was long years ago when I first read this. And I was like, why is he running? Why is he scared? After he did all of this powerful display of God, the man should not be running from God but is he running from God? He should not be running from Jezebel, the queen of bad. But is he running from her? But we know that the story tells us that, you know, he was running and he was fearful because of what she said. He ended up in the wilderness. You know, he ended up on Mount Horeb, you know. And I, I read the story and then I said, okay, so there's something going on in here, God, that you want us to understand. And maybe what God wants us to understand through Elijah's story is that we who proclaim faith in God through Jesus Christ, we are on a journey. And that journey means that we have to learn how God is with us on life's journey. It means that sometimes we are going to have some obstacles that are going to challenge Our emotions is going to challenge our faith is going to challenge, really, do we believe God is all-powerful? And then we have to listen and we have to see what God is showing us to really come to the understanding that God is truly sovereign and God is all-powerful. And that God cares about us and God loves us. So in the story of Elijah, what I heard and what I read and what I understood you know. Also putting my story into there is that When we have done all that we think we can do for God It is just the beginning Because God has greater strength and power to reveal within us God has knowledge, God has wisdom And understanding for us to, to comprehend who God is And how God works in us So what did we hear in the story with Elijah? We heard in his fear when he ran away and he ended up in the wilderness. God provided physical food for him. God sent, you know, food that he will be strengthened physically as he was going on his journey 40 days and 40 nights through the wilderness to get to the mountain of God. God cares about us. God will provide for our needs, even when it feels that we cannot provide for ourselves. But then the other part of his story is that when he finally got up to Mount Horeb and he's in the cave, you know, God is there too. God allowed him to know the power and the presence of God, not the way he thought God would reveal God's self, because God wasn't in in the earthquake. God wasn't in all those forces of things that would happen to make us think, oh, that is God. But God presented God's self with that still voice. And in that still voice, we can hear God saying to us, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And I will tell you that on my journey last week, I didn't hear God say to me, what are you doing here? Because I believe God knew why I was there. I was tired. I was drained. We have had a whole lot going on in the last six months in the life of our church. You know, I had been dealing with some physical illness myself and I had to trust God along the way and I did trust God and I still do trust God. But sometimes we have to go and get a fresh, you know, touch of God and a fresh word from God so that we may continue on this journey of life, you know, in the purpose of reaching out and sharing what God would have us to share about who God is. And when I think about the gospel lesson and I think about the man who was possessed, you know, by demons, as the scripture says, the man who identified the demons within him as legions. And and back in the days, you know, the Roman army, To when you use that word legions, you're talking about anywhere, scripture says, from 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. So when he says, you know, to Jesus, I am legion, my name is legion, it is to remind us that this man was troubled so much. He had so many unwanted spirit within him. So many uninvited guests within him that it was difficult for him to begin to hear what God was saying to him. He was under bondage from those demons. Today we would say uh, mental health illnesses and that is true. And yet we also have demons, spiritual demons that are still plaguing us. And those demons could be identified in many ways. Anything that seeks to this, to keep us from understanding what God would have for us, we can identify it as a demon. And what are those demons? Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's envy. Sometimes it's doubt. Sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes it's unbelief. Sometimes it's sickness. Sometimes it's a whole lot of things you can add to the list. Those demons can prevent us from hearing what God has to say to us. And they can prevent us from living the full life that God would have for us as we journey through on this earth. But the good news in all of that, in the story of Elijah, in the story of the man who was possessed, was that God is sovereign. That God is able To deal with all of those issues of life that can plague us. God is able to heal us. God is able to set us free. God is able to give us hope that we don't have to live in the conditions that we are living in. We don't have to live with life circumstances in such a way that we think that we could never have the victory in life. And this is what the message in both of these texts, when I think about it, The message is that God is faithful because God loves us and God knows where we are and God knows where we are walking and God knows the burdens in our lives and God knows our desire to walk with God, to walk nearer to the heart of God. And God wants us to come nearer to the heart of God because when we do, then the Holy Spirit is able to take the word of God and to minister that word in our spirit in such a way that our hope will rise, that we will continue to trust and to seek God even when we don't understand it. We can say, but God, I trust you. The journey of life is the fact that God wants to walk with us on that journey. And sometimes we want to do things our own way. And sometimes we want to conclude that this is the way it should be. And maybe sometimes you're right, and maybe sometimes we are not. But God says if we seek his word, and if we call upon the name of Jesus, the one who went to the cross and died for us so that we would be free from the bondage of sin, the one who God raised from the dead so that we could have hope, on this journey, knowing that we are going to our destination in eternity with God, if we hold on to that, Christ, then we will be able to see and to hear the things that God would have us to hear and to experience the comfort and the blessings of God that are already available to us. I told you this morning I had a message for you all. And the message was that God loves you, and that message is true. We know it. We say, it, but I heard that because in my four days with God, in walking on the grounds and praying, and there is this beautiful tool, spiritual tool, on the ground. is you know a labyrinth. Some of you probably are familiar with it. And in the labyrinth, there is a starting point in the beginning, and the goal is to walk it. It's a circle. And the goal is to walk it praying and talking with God And as you're walking and talking with God is to be listening Because you're talking not audibly but in your spirit And it's to be listening in your spirit to what God is also saying to you Because God will show you yourself In the midst of all of those things Not always what God has to say is not always oh everything is fine I heard some things about myself that I had to let go Uh, with God in order for me to continue to do what I need to do you know but I also heard God reminding me that I have been with you you know before you even realized I was with you but then as I'm going through the days and I am praying and I'm feeling good and I'm beginning to feel energized and then it came Friday and I was ready I packed my bags I was ready to leave I was ready to go home, to come back to you all, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to go in and have my last meal before I go, and I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden, I got into the dining space area, and there was some music. And I had not heard any music for all the days that I was there. And the music, different songs that I was familiar with, but there was one that just penetrated deep into my soul. And the next thing you know, I couldn't eat. I couldn't continue to eat because God was flowing my spirit, soul. And 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 then I said, okay, God, because my plan was to go to the beautiful chapel and give God thanks before I exited out, right? So what did I hear in this music? It was a passage from Isaiah. You know, God is asking whom will I send? You know, and I'm hearing that. And then I he- I heard, God will hold your people in my heart. So I got up and I went to the chapel. And as I was going to the chapel, I shared this with Freddie. God will let you know how God is walking with you. For There was this gentleman. I really didn't acknowledge him much. I knew he was there because we are not speaking to anyone. So I am going down because you have to go down the stairs. And I'm going down some stairs. And I didn't even switch on the light. But the gentleman behind me switched on the light. And I just turned around briefly. And I just acknowledged that this person was behind me. And I went down into the beautiful chapel and I sat to the back because I'm still in that spirit with God and the tears are still flowing and I'm still hearing the song whom will I send and I sat in the back pew and I knelt because it's a Catholic facility so it has pews so I knelt on the pew and I'm crying and I'm hearing God and I'm feeling you know, so much that I cannot describe but then I heard as I'm looking up at the altar, I'm seeing a beautiful light because there is a a icon of Jesus and there is a light next to it. And then I look to my left and there was a person that I couldn't recognize, but there was a light there. So I saw the light. And the light has symbol for me, symbolization for me, because it reminds me of Christ's presence. But as I'm kneeling there and I'm saying, Oh Lord, Then I heard the question, but you haven't answered my question, Virginia. You haven't answered the question, who shall I send? And it wasn't until I said, I am here, send me back, Lord, that I heard you can come up to the altar. And I walk in this long path up to the altar and the tears are flowing and I just fell at the foot of the steers and I am talking to God but I'm hearing hold my people in your heart because I love them and I will tell you this message was not only for me this message is for all of you Because I am not the only one that is called by Christ to hold God's people in our hearts. Because there are people who are walking around on this earth who are troubled. They don't have hope. They can't see tomorrow. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. They don't have shelter. They don't have money, they don't have AC, they don't have a house because maybe Harvey came and the floodwaters came and took them out of their place of residence. But there are also people who are troubled in other ways and God is saying it doesn't matter what the trouble is that they're dealing with, we are to hold them dear. In our hearts. Because when we hold them dear. We are participating. In the ministry of Christ. And it doesn't matter if they're black or white or Hispanic. Doesn't matter if they're Jew or Greek. It doesn't matter who they are. God is saying. Hold. My people. Dear. In your heart. And I think that's the journey as we go forth. That I think. I know that's the journey for us. As we continue on this VCI process, we are being called to walk nearer to the heart of God. And as we walk nearer to the heart of God, God will remove the things that need to be removed. And God will open us up in ways that we will see things that we've never seen before. We will hear things that we have not heard before. And we will respond in ways like we have never responded before. And then God will say, that's my child. I love you. I love you. I love you. So go share that love with others. Isn't that what Jesus said? Told a man who was demon possessed after Jesus healed him. Jesus said he wanted to go with Jesus. Jesus says, No, go and tell what I have done for you. Who are you telling what Jesus has done for you? It is all a story to tell, but it's God's greatest story to redeem. And to draw people close to his heart. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the many ways in which you are showing us you are here with us. And thank you for allowing us to hear that you want us, God, to hold all of your people near in our hearts. So bless us, O oh God, as we continue this journey with you of life. Continue, continue this journey to our destination, which is eternal life with you. But in the meantime, O oh God, give us grace. Give us mercy. Give us courage. Give us strength. Give us wisdom. But most of all, your love. In Jesus' name, with thanksgiving and the people of God say together, Amen, Amen, and Amen.